You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Within the Studio Walls, part of the Mission Matters Podcast Network. And on this episode, because of the holidays, we weren't able to book a guest for this week, so we apologize. We typically book our guests a week in advance, but because of Thanksgiving, everyone was out of the office and we weren't able to tape an episode, which would have been for last week. This week, we're trying to get it in to be available for you Wednesday. And if you're hearing us today, Wednesday, December 7th, we got it in. So because of that, I thought I'd do something on my own here and use this opportunity to feature some of my most liked reels on my Takeoff Terminal Studios Instagram page, which I like to call Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. Assembled are some of my favorites as well as most liked and commented on reels. Lots of good information in 60 or 90 second snippets. Enjoy and please feel free to email or comment and send questions to me should you have any. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. Hello again and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. How you doing? Hope you're well. So I got an email question from one of my viewers and they asked, it was such a basic question, I thought I should address it. They asked, how much should I pay for studio time? And I thought, wow, that's a basic question. And there's a lot of deciding factors with the answer to that question. So number one, if you're a rapper who's just recording over like YouTube Beats or MP3s, you can do that with a laptop, an audio interface, microphone, pair of headphones. You can do that in someone's basement, someone's garage, bedroom, 20 to 30 bucks an hour. At the other end of the spectrum, if you're working in a big studio with an SSL board, ton of outboard gear, you know, big performance area, you know, you could be looking at two, three, four, 500 bucks an hour. They may do a daily lockout at three grand, or you could do something in the middle like what I have, which I have a board and I have a performance area. I can fit a small band and I can record. I can do between 60 and 90 bucks an hour, depending on what you're trying to do. So now that's just for recording. Now for mixing, again, if you're going to have your records mixed and mastered by the same studio or the same engineer, that could vary. Usually the mixing rate is about 10 to 20 bucks an hour more than what they record. And then mastering is typically done on a per song basis, 50 bucks an hour to 100 bucks. I'm sorry, 50 bucks per song to 100 bucks per song. So lots of varying degrees. If you have more questions and more details, questions about this, please DM me or message me and we'll chat there. Have a great day. Hope you're well. Welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. So you want to use a sample of one of your songs, not sure how to get clearance or what the process is. It's a long, arduous process. You don't just contact the artist because they may not even own the rights of the song. You need to contact the publisher and you got to do some research, find out who the publisher is, maybe even the label. And they're going to want $1,500 to $3,000 up front as a fee just to authorize the usage of that sample. Number two, they're going to want a piece of the copyright. In other words, being listed as one of the writers. They're also going to want a piece of your publishing or ownership. And they're going to probably want some of the stream money and or sales money. So may not be the best idea. I've been involved in cases and litigation. It's a it's a tough situation. And then you might think, well, I'll just redo the song and so I don't have to sample it. Now you're talking about an interpolation of a song, which is a whole other can of worms. Quite frankly, I would say try to stay away from it if at all possible. <laughs> Hello again and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. Three things every artist should do before releasing music to streaming sites and download sites and the like. Number one, take care of all the creative stuff. Make sure the song is recorded in a professional studio. Make sure it's professionally mixed and mastered. Do not 
relent on any of that. Number two, make sure all the intellectual property stuff is taken care of, i.e. your copyright forms are filled out with all the authors that contributed as far as writing. Work for hire contracts that were used to hire musicians are filled out and signed. And the performing rights organizations, i.e. ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, if you're a member, fill those out so that you can give your writers the percentage of ownership of each of those songs. And finally, make sure you have a professional marketing plan in place to market and promote your music. Putting a SoundCloud link to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is not a professional plan. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. Continuing with yesterday's theme of how to prepare for a recording session. So you've got your thumb drive with your track. You feel really well rehearsed vocally. You feel good. It's always good to get there early if you can. If you have a two o'clock session, you can get there at 1.30, 1.45. Text the studio manager and let them know you're early. Maybe they can get you in sooner. That's great. I know I love that. And also, again, leaving room for the magic we talked about a little bit yesterday. When you get creative people together in a room and you're working on something creatively, there's a synergistic energy that happens that I like to call magic. It's this creativity that happens where if the artist is open to try some things, and as a vocal producer, I love artists that are willing to do that. Some people are very rigid. They don't want to try things. That's why I say don't be too rehearsed, but leave room for some things to happen. I can tell you stories of some great things that have happened in the studio. So be open to the magic, have fun, and let me tell me about some of the things you've been through. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Music Business Tip of the Day. Producers out there, not quite sure about the difference between an exclusive lease and a non-exclusive lease. Let me break it down. When you make a beat and you start decide you want to lease it, you can lease it exclusively, which means you lease it to one person and one person only for the duration of the term, which may be 12 months, 24 months, whatever you determine, versus leasing it non-exclusively, which means you can lease that beat to as many different people as you'd like, to as many different artists as you'd like. So when you're doing a non-exclusive lease, maybe you get 50 bucks for it because you can lease it 20 times. And when you do an exclusive lease, maybe you're looking for 300, 400, 500 because you can only lease it once during that term. So keep that in mind. Make sure that you know you understand that even though you're leasing it, you still own the rights to it. And your artists understand they're not buying a beat. They are leasing it. They're licensing it for that term. That has been a Takeoff Terminal Music Business Tip of the Day. Questions, hit me up. Thanks. Welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. So for my last tip, I got some feedback regarding the difference between leasing a beat and selling a beat. And I want you to think about your beat as if it's a house. When you create a house or build a house, you can sell the house and be done with it and you get paid once, or you can lease it and have clients living in your house forever and make money forever on that house and still retaining ownership of it. It's the same thing with your beats. When you create them, you own them. If you decide to sell them, you can, but then you're done. You get no more money back. There's no more residual, or you can lease it to artists and still maintain ownership and maybe some back-end money down the road. We'll talk about all that, but it's all part of the bigger picture which is intellectual property. Now, intellectual property is basically creation that you own that's been created intellectually, like a song, like lyrics, like a poem. You can't really quantify that tangibly because it's it's a song, right? Welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. Major label versus indie label versus just kind of being your own artist, doing your own thing. I had a young kid who was in here the other day talking about how much he wanted to get a major label deal. And I'm like, why? There's Well, there's really only two major labels left. They've kind of bought out all the smaller sub-majors and indies. And quite frankly, 
this is the perfect time to kind of be your own artist and do your own thing, do your own music videos, set up your own tours, do your own merchandise. I mean, those are the things that the major labels did for you. But of course, you had to pay for all of that. So I told him, kid, stay as independent for as long as you can. And if for some reason they come after you, then you're in the driver's seat to kind of control the negotiations. And that's what I'd say to you, too. Stay independent as long as you can. Control your content. Own your masters. Control the destiny of your tours and your music, and you'll be much happier. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. So it's a Tuesday. I hope you had a great holiday weekend. I know I did. It's back to work. The grind never stops. I've been looking through your emails and messages, and I've gotten a bunch of questions about publishing. I haven't really talked much about it in the past, a little bit, but... What is publishing? How does it work? It's a big mystery. One in a nutshell, a publishing company or starting a publishing account allows you to catalog your songs in a way for people to find them and people may research them and want to use them for in a movie, in a advertising, any type of sync for television. But it's just a great way to have your songs cataloged. You can allow a certain amount percentage of ownership for each song. You can list the writers, lots of things. In America, the big the big pro performance rights organizations are ASCAP, BMI, CSAC. I'm an ASCAP member, but you know, you can be different ones and still kind of do the same thing. They also have a service where they can collect royalties for you for a fee. So that's good. And they collect them internationally for you. So if you have songs and placements on radios, spins, DJs, things like that, you typically can get paid that way. I'm going to probably do a full, a full class or teaching on that because it is a pretty deep thing and it's very important for you to have control of your music. That's a tip. Have a great day. Hello again and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. Spec Deals. Anybody out there remember Spec Deals? Raise your hands. Spec Deals is basically a speculation deal. You record an artist under the speculation that they will get a record deal at some point. Most of these artists that were really talented didn't have a lot of money. It was interesting, right? The talented artists had no money. The people that weren't so talented had a lot of money. So we took those gigs because we were a recording studio or a company that needed to make money. But the ones we were really talented, we thought, let's take a little chance. You know, we'll work with them. And if they got a deal, then we'd be reimbursed for all the time we put in for studio time, recording, producing, mixing, mastering. Great deal for the artist. Again, huge gamble for the label. Do they still do them today? Not so much. I've done maybe something closer to what's called a joint venture, where we both share in the expenses, different than what a label does. But I would tell most artists to shy away from them because on the back end, you give up everything. And welcome to another installment of Takeoff Terminal Music Business Tip of the Day. So I just met with a client who likes to get his beats off of YouTube, which is fine, and it's a free beats, and he thought he could just take the beat and use it and no problem. Got to read the fine print. A lot of those free beats still need to be, you still need to contact a producer, let them know you're using the beat, make sure they know and they're aware of that because... If you're just taking it without their authorization, there could be some ramifications down the road. I mean, you don't want that to happen. Also, some of these guys like to work on back-end money, meaning they would rather take a percentage of your gross from streams as opposed to you paying money up front. And when we were talking about that, you know, paying 50 bucks up front for a, a non-exclusive lease is a lot less money than giving somebody 10% on the back-end if you make 10 grand off a of stream. So think about that. That has been the Takeoff Terminal Music Business Tip of the Day. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Music Business Tip of the Day. So you're in a studio and you're working and you're writing and collaborating with an artist. And at the end of the session, the artist says, hey man, what I owe you? And they want to give you cash. 
And you can do that, which is fine. But understand that if you get paid for your work, which is basically work for hire, they should have you sign a release that says you have no more money coming and no rights, no residual, which is fine. Or you might say, hey, you know what? Don't worry about paying me now. I think the song is going to blow up. I'd rather get points or a percentage of the back-end money that's coming in. Now, they might be like, huh, I don't know. I'd rather just pay you. You might be like, ah, I don't want paid. I want to I get points. So it's good to kind of have an understanding up front, but sometimes it happens just like that. So you have to ask yourself, do I think the song is going to blow up? If so, take the points. Do I think the song is not going to blow up or the artist is lazy? They're not going to promote correctly. Take the money. No right or wrong answer, but do what you feel is right for you. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. So I've been getting your feedback and your emails, and I got a message from an artist who is a beat maker who said he's been collaborating with a singer, or he wants to collaborate with a singer, but the singer is asking him for money to write the songs and record lyrics and vocals over his beats. And so this beat maker was saying, should I pay him? How much should I pay him? How does all that work? So for some of you, this may be repetitive, but again, when you're collaborating with someone, if it's a true collaboration and you're providing music and they're providing lyric and vocal, it's a 50-50 split. You create the song, you put 50% in your pro or performance right organization, they put 50% of theirs. And then when people want to use it for sync or movie or whatever, they will contact you guys and whatever money's made, it gets split 50-50. Or if you're paying the person, let them know that, hey, if I pay you and I'm going to retain 100% of the song, you are at work for hire. I'm paying you to create. I'm paying you to sing and write and all that. Make sure they understand that. But those are really the only two options. Pay them up front or get money on the back end. Or again, there's a third one. Maybe you pay them a little bit of money up front and give them less of a back end percentage. That's another tip of the day. Hope you have a great day. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. So I won't get through this in one part. It's probably going to be two or three parts, but here's part one. Here goes. I got a direct message from an artist that I developed several years ago here in my studio, and she said, I just got contacted by a pretty well-known producer who wants to develop some songs with me, for me. What do I do? How do I respond? Great question. I think the first thing you need to do is research this person as best you can. So let's start online. Let's do some Googling. Let's Google his name or her name. Google the name of the production company. Find out what people are saying. Number two, maybe check in with some of the artists that, that he or she may have worked with in the past. Find out are they satisfied customers? Do they feel like he was equitable when they came down to publishing and, and writer's credit? And I probably won't get to number three, but stay tuned. We got more for you. Thanks for watching. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. So how to properly collaborate, part two. We did part one yesterday. Let's assume you got through those first two steps, and now you're thinking, okay, this is the guy I want to work with. It may be time to set up that in-person meeting. Ladies, if the guy you're going to be dealing with, if it's a male producer, please don't go to that meeting by yourself. Take somebody with you. I've heard horror stories, and just to be safe. So when you get there, Make sure, you know, you're listening and talking and, you know, make sure you like what you're hearing. But have five questions, professional questions about what you're going to do together. Have those handy to ask. Also talk about the collaboration that you're doing. Is it a 50-50 thing? Is that person giving you more than 50%? I know that if I'm seeking someone to collaborate in my studio, I'm at their mercy. I have to negotiate according to what their terms may be. But if they're seeking me, I'm a professional music producer and recording engineer. They pay me what my fee is. More tips tomorrow, part three, coming up. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. 
continuing with our series here entitled How to Properly Collaborate Part Thress. So you've decided you're going to work for this guy. You're going to collaborate, right? And now comes the negotiating phase, which is the most important part. Hopefully when you were researching, you were able to find how many songs he's charted on the various pop charts, R&B charts, whatever. How many digital downloads he sold, physical copies sold, how many streams through various streaming sites. All this to give you an idea of how much money he made on these songs and using that equation to how much money you want to be paid per song. Do you want to be paid cash? Do you want to be paid in points, a variation or a combination of points and cash, which I would recommend, especially if you made a lot of money on, on the back end, you can make that money as the records continue to sell. But it depends on your own situation. If you need cash up front, do that, negotiate that. But we'll continue with this tomorrow. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. So how do you get a record deal? Everyone wants to know. And there's really not one answer to that question. There's several answers to it. But you must understand that labels were formed with the sole objective of finding artists, signing artists, recording artists, and then selling their music for a profit, which was really cool and was really great. And the 80s and the 90s was the height of that industry. But as more labels came and more artists were signed, it became very competitive. And to where we are now, with a lot, where a lot of the labels have basically bought out each other or some labels have gone under, but now it's really the artist's best opportunity to form their own labels, record their own music, do their own videos, their own merchandise, their own tours, promotion. You call the shots, you invest the money, you make 100% of that money and it's yours. And I guarantee you that if you're making a lot of noise on the national scene, the labels will come to you and you'll be in a much better position for negotiating a better deal for you. And that's what I recommend for you. Do that. Hello again and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. So last night I got invited to participate in a producers forum, which was basically a call on Twitter, 20 other producers throughout the country and a bunch of people calling in asking questions. In the beginning, it was mostly just about different producers slash beat makers trying to help each other out as far as how to promote their beats on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And about halfway through, I just asked the question, hey, how many of you producers are actually interested in trying to take your beats and make songs? And the room went quiet. <laughs> Again, a lot of uh, young people are just interested in creating beats, which is fine, but there's so much more money you could be making if you actually create songs, write lyrics, write melodies, things like that. We got into a really good conversation about that. I'll probably have to complete this tomorrow, but that's part one, taking your beats and making them into songs. Have a great day. Welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. Some people got confused. Let me clarify three ways they get paid from collaborating or writing on a song. Number one, get paid cash, work for hire, get no more money, you're done. Number two, get points on the back end, and so you make money as the song sells, you make more money. Number three, kind of a combination of the two. A lot of money up front, little back end money, a lot of back end money, little money up front. And it's really that simple. Welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. Master tapes, what are they and why should you want to own them? Ray Charles was one of the very first artists to negotiate the ownership of his master tapes into his huge recording contract with RCA Records back in the day. Now, this was unheard of because typically the record companies would own the master tapes, in essence, owning the songs. Now, the artists got paid to record the records. They got advances. They got money from sales. But typically, the record companies own the master tapes. That would be the equivalent of today. When you go into a recording session, make sure that you leave with all of the session work you did that day 
on a thumb drive, a USB thumb drive that has all the sessions and make sure they deleted from their computer, which in essence says that you own those songs, you have possession of the master tapes or master sessions. I can't tell you how many times I come across people that don't even want copies of their sessions, but it's something you should be doing. And that's another tip. Have a great day. Welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. I'm going to call this Master Tapes Part 2. So in a previous post, I talked about the importance of doing copyrights, intellectual property, and that sort of thing. Well, if you've got, I'm assuming you've got that all done. Now you've done your sessions. You've got your thumb drive. Why it's important to have the master tapes. So what does that mean? That means that you own the songs. Again, I can talk about you can write a song and not own it. And you can own a song and not write it. Different post. But you've owned it. You've written it. You've got it in the performance rights organization. You have 51% ownership, which is a majority share. Now you're the, you're the point man. If somebody wants to use your song in a movie, television, advertising, somebody wants to do a remake, they contact you. You make those decisions. You get paid. So that's another reason to own those songs and to actually physically own the master tapes since you have it in writing. Now you physically own it. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. Happy Tuesday. How are you doing? I wanted to talk quickly about realistic expectations when working with artists. So I had a, a young artist, and it's not only because he's young, and sometimes they look at things a little bit differently, and the music they listen to is definitely different than kind of what I do and what I listen to. But he wanted me to record, mix, and master a song in one hour. And I thought, okay, sometimes I mix a song for four hours. Sometimes it takes me an hour or two to master, but he wanted recording, mixing, and mastering in an hour. And he assured me that he's done this at other places and that it could be done. And I said, well, I'm sure it could be done, but I also worry about the quality of it. And I'm like, I don't want my name associated with some mess that's out there that sounds like it. So I actually referred him to someone else that might be able to help him. But make sure you understand who you are, your audience. I can't change my philosophy on recording and mixing and mastering to please this one client. I think his expectation is unrealistic, but that's okay. That's what he wants to do. So I sent him to somebody that I think might be able to help him. But make sure you understand who your client is and if you feel comfortable trying to cater to their needs or their expectations. I have a pretty hard line about this is how I do it and I've always done it and I'll always do it that way. Hello again and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. How you doing? Hope you're having a great week. So I want to mention three artists. Jay-Z, Beyonce, Rihanna. What do they all have in common? Well, I was having a conversation with a friend about Beyonce and how she just released her new album and she put it on Spotify for streaming. But there's no place you can purchase it. You can't buy her album. It's available for free for streaming. And that's we started thinking, why is that? Why does she not want to make money on her record? And it came down to she doesn't really need to, right? She, her husband, and Rihanna, their protege, have all used their music as a launching pad into raising their profile. And they all have other business ventures, right? Jay-Z has a clothing line. Beyonce has a clothing line. Rihanna has a clothing line and maybe perfume line. And I think Rihanna's also in the face of certain products, you know, like Kanye, he's got a clothing line, fashionista, all that stuff. So music was sort of their launching pad, but they've taken that and they've used their brand, they become a brand now, to sell products, to be the spokesman or the face for other things. So I always tell young people, if you're in this business because you think you're going to make a lot of money, 
Probably not going to happen, and it's the wrong motivation. You know, you have to be in this business because you love music. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. How you doing? Hope you're well. So checking the emails and messages again, I came across another sort of basic message that was like, hey, Jake, how do I find a manager? Or even more so, how do I know if I need a manager? So number one, if you're an artist, what do you have to manage? Do you have a booming catalog that's getting lots of sync placements and advertising and things like that, and you, you need someone to help with some of the accounting of that? Do you have many, many performances or potential tours set up and you need help with setting up travel arrangement and per diem and, and all that kind of stuff? Or do you have merchandise that's flying off the shelf or social media and Spotify plays and, and spins and things that are just going crazy? If you can't handle it yourself, that's when you need a manager. But if you're looking for a manager to help you get gigs, that's not what he does. That's what a booking agent does. And if a manager says, hey, I can help you out, you just got to pay me, run the other way because you don't pay a manager from your pocket. You pay a manager from the gigs that he gets you. He gets a percentage of that. So make sure you have something to manage. If you don't, just kind of do it on your own. It's probably easier and cheaper and safer than trying to have someone working for you. You'll know when you need a manager because you'll be overwhelmed. And that's another tip of the day. Have a great day. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Takeoff Terminal Studios Music Business Tip of the Day. I know it's been a minute. We've been going through some changes with the studio, staff additions, staff contractions, you know how that goes, and just preparing for our big move coming up in a couple weeks. So we do appreciate you for still following us on our Instagram account here. But I wanted to talk to you today briefly about how to properly assign percentage of ownerships of songs when you're working with multiple writers. Now, you ever look at a Justin Bieber song and his 16 writers, and you're like, why is there 16 writers on that song? Well, those types of artists like to bring entourages of people and their friends into a studio. And quite frankly, they may be working in the studio on a song, and Justin may be struggling with a lyric, and somebody might say, hey, try this. And Justin's like, hey, that works. And he uses it. So if he didn't give that person proper credit, that person can sue him. There's a bunch of you know, witnesses that saw him use that. So he just gives them a nominal one or two percent, which is fine. But typically the best way to do it is if I'm working with somebody and let's say I'm writing verses and I write two verses and they write a hook and there's two verses and there's two hooks in a song, you can say that's 50-50. Or you can say, well, I did two verses and you did one hook. So that's two to one. Or, you know, let's say I do three verses and you do two hooks, five parts in the song. I wrote three of them. You wrote two of them or wrote one of them. Just depends on how you want to do it. And once again, we thank you, as always, for listening to this episode of Within the Studio Walls, part of the Mission Matters Podcast Network. Please keep listening wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, like, share, and subscribe if you like what you're hearing. This is your host, Jake Rodriguez, signing off. Until next time, you will not believe what I heard within the studio walls. And thanks to this week's sponsor, Take Off Terminal Studios, Austin's premier recording studio for recording your songs if you're an independent artist have a band, are a singer, a songwriter, or want to record audiobooks, voiceovers, or just need a space for band rehearsal. Or to record your own podcasts, live streams, listening parties, or a special event, we got you. Find us online at takeoffterminal.studio. That's takeoffterminal.studio. Or call the studio line at 737-222-5522. That's 737-222-5522. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.